0: 101.9. I'm Benji Schulman, and this is the New Blue Review. Welcome to the program. Good to be with you on this, uh, this, this post Rosh Hashanah uh, Heritage Day. Uh, we've been doing Heritage Day basically all day, even on the morning show, and now we're on the New Blue Review, and so we thought we would carry on and go deep into the heritage uh, dive side of things and r- try and get a sense of heritage in Johannesburg. What is our heritage in Johannesburg? What is it like? Um, and, uh, yeah, find out just what is going on from a, you know, we have a city. It's uh, quite a young city, uh, not that old, late 1800s, it started, and yet still has quite a, a cool heritage. Also, from a, a Jewish perspective, one of the few cities in the world That in fact uh, had Jews at the the founding of of the city There's not too many other cities Los Angeles is considered to be another one But most cities Jews came to uh, Including places like Jerusalem But uh, places like even Tel Aviv Was already sort of established if you consider Jaffa So Johannesburg has a great rich Jewish history as well And Jewish heritage And so we thought we'd explore it And uh, really understand what is it all about And how does it work And how can you find out more about the city that you live in And to help us do that today We have Kathy Munro. She is from the Johannesburg Heritage Foundation. She's going to be taking it through with us today. Kathy, welcome to the new Blue Review. Thank you so much for being with us on High FM. Thank you very much, Wendy. So so for a start, can you talk to us a little bit about um, what does the Joburg Heritage Foundation do?
1: Well, Joburg Heritage Foundation is a few years old. It grew out of the original Parktown and Westcliff Heritage Organization and spread its wings a few years ago to take in all of Joburg. And our objective is to identify, protect, fight for... Johannesburg Heritage identify the buildings that are worth keeping, um, work within the legislation of the South African Heritage uh, Resources Act and to say to people to make people aware of this amazing heritage this unique city that we have in Joburg. Uh, we have educational programs, we run tours uh, we invite people to join us, it's a membership body uh, Every just about every Every Saturday and sometimes on Sundays, we offer tours um, in response to our members' interests, and we take people all over Joburg.
0: So when we talk about heritage. You know, what are we? What are we really talking about? Are we talking about sort of some old buildings in town? Is it just a building that's a certain? Uh, you know, a number of years old. Uh, you know, I, I, I want to get into what actually is heritage uh, and, and how does it manifest itself in Johannesburg. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be thinking uh, we'll be thinking about that and, and engaging. We'll just take a short break and we'll come back. We'll be speaking about heritage with Kathy Munro. From talk to music, from Johannesburg to Israel, from sport to business, this is 101.9 High FM. Kathy, just before the break, we were talking about what actually is heritage, what is it refer to, uh, how do we think about heritage in the city? Can you give us an explanation of that?
1: Well, heritage is our legacy from the past, and it manifests in all sorts of ways. We've seen, we've had Heritage Day, I think it's fantastic. The schools, for example, these days encourage children to come to school on Heritage Day or the day that's closest, working day that's closest, to heritage holiday, and to express their cultural identity. So it could be about cultural identity. It could be about artifacts. It could be about uh, buildings, of course. That's our built environment. But we're looking at the totality of what we have recovered and what survives from the past.
0: Right. Okay. So so that is, I mean, that is quite interesting. Johannesburg itself, I said, is a very young city, but also one that keeps getting rebuilt. Uh, you know, we have a bit of a blow it up and rebuild it mentality in Johannesburg. Is that a big problem for people who are doing heritage? Uh,
1: yes and no. I think it's fantastic that Johannesburg gets rebuilt because there's a certain vibrancy about it. And what we're asking for and wanting is to partner with people wanting to rebuild to say, well, What of the past is worth saving? Technically, anything that is older than 60 years old has a kind of given heritage status. At least you have to go through the process of having your building assessed in terms of a heritage impact study and consulting the experts. But that doesn't necessarily mean because something is 60 plus years old that it has to be kept one looks at these things with a certain intelligence with a certain knowledge and okay you had horrible buildings in the past great if we get rid of them mm-hmm. so it's it's not so so much time based it's really quality based what it says about the past i think a building can incorporate um, information about a person an event an architect The nature of the architecture. And Johannesburg was the kind of place that lent itself to being rebuilt. Because what was it to start off with? A mining camp, Tin Shanties, 131 years ago. Nobody ever thought it was going to be permanent. I picked up on a book produced in 1936, Johannesburg's 50th birthday, interviewing people. One of the comments made by one of the people being interviewed was, yes, I think Johannesburg's here to stay.
0: (laughs) Well, if you have any questions for Kathy, please let us know. You can SMS us, 34519. You can email us on onairchayfm.com or tweet us at chayfm. Or you can even WhatsApp us, 0621482374. I'm happy to take any of your questions that you have surrounding heritage. I mean, it's interesting you talk about buildings and what do they mean to people uh, down the road from the station uh, recently you had the issue of the Doll's House You know, that's been there for 76 years From the 1930s People very much attached to it They had a big party uh, yeah, it, it's a, In funny ways, buildings en- get engaged with this stuff
1: Well, yes, I think the Doll's House Has particular meaning for me I adored, when I was three years old I remember the Doll's House With that uh, neon arm of the dolly That went up and down And beckoned me irresistibly and I had uh, an uh, indulgent aunt and uncle who always took me there to enjoy a milkshake. That was the Doll's House to me. Much later as a teenager, one did those teenage things. But in fact, the Doll's House is not a significant heritage building. It's really in people's memories and uh, recall and experiences. Now, how do you handle that? In terms of heritage. And we, in the case of the Doll's House, we understand it falls into the context of the redevelopment of Louis Botha Avenue and the corridors of freedom, densification, bringing people to live closer to where they work. Well, in the case of the Doll's House, what we would like to see is a commemoration of the history in the plaque, which is why our blue plaques, for example, are so important.
0: And certainly I imagine you could do stuff, even if the building itself is not, uh, say, that, That heritage worthy, you know, Mm -hmm. the signs, the neon signs. I'm sure could be preserved in some way somewhere else uh, and and, and used so that people have the memory of it.
1: Absolutely, that's what one wants. One wants people to write about their memories. To me, this is also part of heritage. Mm -hmm. Encouraging it lives because of people today saying, "Yes, this is what it means
0: to me." So, I mean, I think that's that's quite interesting. And as you say, what does it mean to me? I was just looking. On the internet before before we came, and people have some very interesting ideas in order to commemorate heritage. There's there's a movement in Germany, for example, where they go and find bits of like metal heritage on the on the in, in the various cities. For example, say a manhole or a, some sort of sign, and what they do is they paint over it with uh, with some sort of organic paint or whatever, and then they stick their t-shirts on it so that you end up having like the pattern of a manhole on your, your T-shirt. Now, you would think it sounds a little bit crazy, uh, but actually it looks kind of cool, and people are, are you know... It, it Exploring the heritage of their cities, in that way, it's
1: not crazy at all. I go around the world photographing manhole covers. You photograph?
0: Why do you photograph manhole covers? Because
1: it tells you about a period. It tells you it's a piece of industrial Mm archaeology, particularly for manhole covers. It'll tell you where the manhole covers was made. You're thinking about city engineering. It's what's underneath. Unfortunately, in Johannesburg, more often than not, your manhole covers have been stolen and recycled. But uh, there's a story behind each manhole cover, wherever you are in the world, of actually saying a city means something. You bring people together. You've got to worry about water supply, electricity, sewerage, lighting. All of this has to happen within a city. And I think your manhole cover, (laughs) as you say just an example i think i don't think i would go to the extent of of having a t-shirt a shirt with your done manhole cover of a manhole cover but certainly yes uh, photographs of course my husband thinks i'm crazy when i take the camera out and Look downwards at my feet
0: Of course we, we think about some cities As having great underground infrastructures You know you think about New York or London Or parts of Toronto where you know, Particularly I think colder cities where people Don't want to be above ground There are these you know great underground uh, Places, shopping malls etc that you find But interestingly uh, In Johannesburg they've actually rediscovered Some of uh, the tunnels, there's things Underneath the train stations There is actually an underground heritage To Joburg as well Of course, there's an underground heritage to Joburg
1: in two ways, because Johannesburg came about because it was a mining city. And what's so interesting to me is that your mining activity came right in towards the center of the town. Think about the location of a city in suburban or village main. These were old mines that are an expression for Rera's camp. And of they discovered, for example, when a standard bank building on Simmons Street was put up, they discovered the original mine stop of Ferreira's mine. It's been turned into a spectacular museum. And, and That's one that op- example. Is
0: that open to public? Open people to can the go public. You
1: can walk in 24 hours a day and descend three, effectively three stories downwards in a high-speed lift. Worth going to visit.
0: How long does it take to see something like that?
1: You can spend... Five Minutes, 10 okay. minutes, or half an hour,
0: and, and you can go and get a real part of like what was
1: a standard bank. Hats off to them an example of very good corporate responsibility and links to heritage in doing that. We can talk further about this. There are other examples of underground heritage in Joburg.
0: We have an, uh, a few SMSs coming in here. Um, so Someone saying. Uh, the the Yoval area Which I suppose Has a lot of interest For people Especially may have uh, Lived there Rocky Street As they say It's very uh, run down Crime run uh, What can council do To clean up the area there That's from Jenny And uh, and Someone wants to know Why is the Uncle Charlie interchange Called the Uncle Charlie interchange <laughs>
1: Okay. <laughs> Second question is easier to answer perhaps than the first. Uncle Charlie interchange, because you remember, like the doll's house, there was a roadhouse at that point. Oh, it was okay. Uncle Charlie's uh, roadhouse. Um, so the
0: name has kind of lived so on. In the, the, the
1: name often lives on uh, mm-hmm. in this format. And, of course, it was it ultimately became isolated. Uncle Charlie's was the place to go on your way into Joburg from the south. Uh, but over time it was overwhelmed by the motorways, and so all we have live on
0: uh, the the name of the interchange. It could could be kind of cool if they put a drive in, sort of like drive through there. Can you imagine on the interchange you go, you get your...
1: Yes, I've been thinking about how Johannesburg has changed and what remains and what for the future. Mm -hmm. I'm giving a lecture on this at the Johannesburg Heritage Weekend next week. Um, And uh, it's the motorways to me. The motorways is symbolic of major changes. On your other question, the council
0: and and, and areas um, that uh,
1: I believe that litter is a blight in Johannesburg and yes we can explain the density of populations but there has to be a change in people's attitude there is a certain not a matter of waiting for the council to do something mm-hmm. i believe that people have to walk the streets pick up be aware and say no litter we don't want this it is not necessary for a city even a city uh, with relatively poor areas to l- do this. Yes, people may have to live on the streets, but you don't have to live in, in filth and mess. You
0: know, I, and, uh, you know, I see that the new mayor of Johannesburg has been doing these cleanup campaigns, which I think are very positive uh, sort of thing every once, every weekend, every month to get people out on the streets. So that is something. Cathy, someone wanting to know, are you the person who does the cemetery tours? Um. I-
1: I have written about the cemeteries. I have not myself conducted a cemetery tour. It's quite interesting that for Mandela Day, um, Johannesburg Heritage organizes cleanups in the cemetery. Our last one uh, in uh, June, we uh, had a cleanup of the Brixton Cemetery. Okay. And we went along with our secateurs and gloves and
0: uh, To make sure everything was cleaned up. actually
1: cleaned up the ivy. (laughs) And uh, because it's just the graves become overgrown. Uh, And yes, we want people to see because the cemetery is the place where you do recover history. It's another example and an aspect of, of heritage.
0: Yeah, absolutely fascinating. Now we we kind of got off topic a little bit. We were talking about the mining. Um, When we come back after the break, I want to talk about the the issue of tunnels. Like I know there's tunnels under Joburg uh, in various places. I think tunnels are fascinating. So we're going to talk about tunnels and also about redevelopment. I think a lot of redevelopment going on in the city and how does that affect heritage? We'll be back with Kathy Monroe right after the break. The best
1: part of your day.
0: Part of your community. All the talk. All the music. All the news. ISM. Talking today to Kathy Monroe. She's from the Joburg Heritage Foundation, and we've been talking about Joburg Heritage and what does it mean and where can we find more about it and just the parts of the city that we haven't really, uh, maybe haven't thought about exploring further than Glen Hazel. So, you know, this is your chance to, to think about it. Now, we were talking about the underground of Johannesburg, Kathy, just before the break. There are tunnels, are there not, in, oh. in the city?
1: Well, there is a tunnel that runs from the Johannesburg post office to the station. It was really meant for dealing with mail and getting mail onto trains when that was the the form of obvious transport. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not open to the public.
0: So, what are they intending to do with it? Because I I, I remember seeing an article that there's like old posters there from like that are still, you know, from the postal days. I'm afraid I can give you the straight answer. That's not my field. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But
1: certainly Johannesburg has a new heritage in the making. I think when it comes to tunnels, what have we got but train? Yeah, exactly. Um, Come back 60 years' time. And let's see how well a train is regarded at that point.
0: I, I, I think they even found some stuff when they were making the Chah train. I remember they were digging through the earth and found the occasional, uh, I think they found some, was it like an amp, I, I think they help, amputees, it, something like that. When they were digging, it was it was quite bizarre. Some of the artifacts. That okay,
1: they found. that often happens. Do you remember there were a, was a collapse? I remember on Oxford Road when the mm, tunnel but, fell in. That they were then it was in the making. But yes, this is what happens in cities. For example, in Istanbul, they've a uh, couple of years ago they put in an amazing underground under the Bosphorus. And it's an underground system, train system. And it's uh, um, opened up all sorts of possibilities, but they also discovered an antique. Now, we don't have anything that old, but an antique harbor with ships, remains of ships. Now, what they did was then turn it to their advantage by creating a museum And features and actually stopping the construction of the underground in order to recover these ancient artifacts. And I think it's uh, one area where Turkey uh, has some amazing policies and practices. I have been to Istanbul and seen what they
0: have done. Some remarkable. I mean, obviously, such a. Uh, ancient part of the world and and, and all of these different mm. cultures that have that have uh, been been there and and uh, left their mark, so to speak. Yeah,
1: but you know, Johannesburg is pretty special.
0: Yeah, um, I, the oldest building, technically, I suppose, in Johannesburg would be on Melville Copies. Right? It's the Twana people who 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 lived here, uh, and you can you can go and see the ruins and the well, mines that they used to have. Would hardly, you say that, that's true?
1: No, they are open iron workings. They're not buildings. Are oh, not? Uh, but uh, there we have a challenge because, in the case of such ancient archaeological workings, should you be covering the them up to preserve them or should you be exposing them for everyone to see. Mm. Uh, There have been later structures erected to try to do something but, you know, unless uh, properties and places are well protected, and these days this means extensive security, mm. it's extremely difficult to preserve everything. I think uh, Wendy Carstens of Melville Copies does an amazing job walking people over the copies. Um, I believe David Dickinson is someone else who started regular work Walks. We have to use our heritage, whether it's a, a natural heritage, uh, going over the copies, visiting the cemeteries and remembering people or celebrating buildings. Pretty old building. I did a tour very recently of a Natal bank building. That's the oldest bank building in Johannesburg. It dates back to just after the Anglo-Boer War. And... Um, it was my pleasure to do a tour because I worked in that building. It was where my very first permanent job happened to be, <laughs> working for uh, Barclays Bank, as it was in those days. It was their international division. Well, uh, today, uh, Aresti Patricios has uh, developed the uh, building and converted it into an amazing communications center, uh, and you've got banks of computers and people assessing trends in purchases and so on uh, and i think there's an example of a heritage building which has been saved and put to a new purpose it's what we regret and deplore from johannesburg heritage perspective are buildings which are just left to decay mm. And its loss and demolition by neglect, we cannot then save buildings that have been allowed to go Rot to pot away. and fall it, away.
0: I, there have been some pretty interesting examples mm-hmm. of buildings that have been used, as you say, in this way. I think the the law practice, for example, of Nelson Mandela uh, and Oliver Tambo in town, I think, is now also another law practice and museum, something like that. If yes. I'm not mistaken,
1: ah. Chancellor House is superb. It's opposite the Magistrates' Court, uh, well worth visiting because what I like about uh, uh, that spot is that it is an, a museum that has been turned to the street. You can view this exhibit of Mandela's life and law practice from the street level. And so the glass windows are your display cases. Mm-hmm. Excellent example of of recovering and redoing. And a few years ago, Chancellor House was just about in ruins. So because of that Mandela connection, it has been revived. Another new revival um, that I have been working on in recovering the history has been the efforts made to turn Shell House, do you know where that
0: is? Shell House was uh, the ANC's headquarters. ANC
1: headquarters and notorious it's because it the was massacre, the scene yeah. of the massacre in early '94. Mm-hmm. It was important because it was the building that the ANC uh, purchased uh, after 1990 and they ran their election campaign. It was a matter of the external ANC and the internal ANC coming together to plan for the major election of 1994. Mandela had his offices here, as did uh, Susulu. It was a a terrific spot and... um, What has happened now has been this huge skyscraper, which then went into a period of neglect and decay, has been recovered and is being converted by uh, uh, Hoskins into magnificent, very acceptable flats. I'm using the word magnificent. Perhaps that's not it. Because it's meant to be a middle class urban living in rented apartments, over 500 apartments. And the central front foyer has been wonderfully restored with a mosaic by Andrew Lindsay mm-hmm. recalling the Mandela connection.
0: That's well, uh, amazing. If you have any questions about buildings, about heritage, please let us know. You can SMS us 34519, email us on com, tweet us at chaifm, or you can WhatsApp us 0621482374 happy to take all of your questions and comments. Uh, something a little bit closer to home, Kathy, which I think is, is worth bringing to people's attention often because uh, it really is quite close even to our studio and our community uh, is is the connection between uh, Gandhi and and uh, the Jewish committee between him and a guy called Herman Kalenbach uh, that that actually is all over the city. Uh, so talk to us a little bit. Uh most people don't even know that Gandhi lived in South Africa and particularly in Johannesburg.
1: Yes, well, Gandhi was in South Africa from 1893 to 1914. And for a crucial 10 year period, when he developed his political tactics of passive resistance at Raga, he had a close association with a gentleman by the name of Herbert Kallenbach, who was an immigrant German, Jewish. Uh, architect uh, who came from Lithuania and that friendship was particularly important because Kannbach was an, a very talented man uh, today too often if you go onto the internet you will find him described as bodybuilding friend of of uh, Gandhi that really does him a disservice because he was a man who contributed hugely to Johannesburg's heritage um, he was a property developer of note. Um, we can look out the window right from your studio and look across at the Linksfield Ridge, which uh, Callenbach uh, developed, earned property, in created townships, and actually built Sylvia uh, – um, Callenbach Pacht. Drive. Callenbach oh, okay, okay. Drive. Okay. It was his land that was given – that became then Sylvia Pass. It's the way over the mountains, one of the shortest passes in South Africa. Did you know that we have three of the shortest passes in South Africa right here in Johannesburg? Munro <laughs> Drive, Stewart Drive, Sylvia Pass. But Kellambach is are important. Are you related
0: to the to to the drive, Kathy?
1: Uh, the Monroe, mm, distantly through my husband's and a grandfather's half-brother. <laughs> involved in the mining industry, it was named for John Monroe. Who was an associate of Barney Bonata Another uh, Jewish Gentleman who had a major Contribution to make Of course he died too soon Mm -hmm. But uh, many of the mining people Did, uh, came of 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 Jewish roots And were immigrants to South Africa Um, I wanted to come back to. Sorry I
0: interrupted you about the drought you were telling us about the passes (laughs) And (laughs) about Kalenbach
1: Kalenbach. Let's get back to to Kalenbach Uh, Kalenbach and Gandhi were um, very important in South Africa's history. Um, it was Callenbach who uh, provided the funds for the purchase of the Tolstoy farm. You Remember that Gandhi had created a phoenix outside uh, 20 kilometers north of Durban. Well, um, Tolstoy Farm outside Lawley was named for Tolstoy and they were in contact with Tolstoy. They were much inspired by this rural ideal of regeneration and returning to the simple life uh, in terms of diet and a strict regiment and as being ascetic and taking vows and... uh, really changing the way in which people think. You walked rather than you drove. Kellenbach of course, was quite enthusiastic about modernity For example, when um, he collected uh, Gandhi from prison after one of the experiences, uh, he collected him in a brand new automobile. And uh, Gandhi took a very dim view of this. Uh, But, of course, they are commemorated and remembered in the Kral, which was designed and constructed at 15 Pine Road. And it is open. It's today a guest house. Great place to go and visit. It's a place of pilgrimage, uh, and they lived there for about eighteen months, I think, nineteen hundred and eight uh, onwards. And uh, this today, it's a combination of a guest house, place of pilgrimage, and a museum.
0: And right next to Pine Street Shul, and completely free, you can go there, uh, they have meals there even, you can order tea and, and all that kind of stuff, but you can actually see where Gandhi used to sleep, uh, and they've got the, all the living rooms and some of the artifacts even.
1: There's another example of a splendid piece of restoration, an architect by the name of Rocco Bosman uh, completed uh, that change and restoration I think it actually looks far finer Today than it would ever Have looked in Gandhi and Kalambach Town but I also invite People to take a walk From the bottom of Kalambach Drive right As far as the Harvey Nature Reserve mm. because there You will observe as you walk up the hill, it's on the right-hand side. The stonework, dry stone walling, beautifully cut. That was Kalenbach's work. There are steps going up. There are retaining walls. And I know at one point they've covered it with sort of slurry and sludge to Prevent collapse of the mountainside, but there's still enough to see. It's geologically very important in Johannesburg's history, and Kalenbach certainly appreciated uh, its magnificent position because you have these great views from Kalenbach Drive to the north, g- looking out towards uh, Santon.
0: Yeah, certainly very very interesting. We're we'll taking a short break. We're speaking today to Cathy Monroe. From the Johannesburg Heritage Foundation They've also got some stuff coming up uh, With the Heritage Day weekend This weekend, next weekend mm-hmm. So we're going to look forward uh, to seeing Just what uh, what is going on With all of that uh, Right after the break Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Stay
1: relevant and up to date This is 101.9 High FM
0: And uh, we're, 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 talking, we're not talking about The heritage of Nando's today <laughs> We're talking about the heritage of Johannesburg Um so we, we, we are discussing that with Cathy Monroe. She's from the Johannesburg Heritage Foundation. We're just, just, discussing what is the heritage of the city that we all live in. And Cathy, someone's sending in an SMS here. Uh, Jonathan asking, are there any old fire stations that are also heritage sites?
1: Oh yes, uh, the central fire station in town. The fire station in Yeovil is worth taking a look at. It's been converted into the library, and then yes, the 1911 fire station at the top end of Louis both Avenue. As it leads into Clarendon. Place as it used to be, uh, that was called the Dolls House. <laughs> uh, you know that small dinky fire yep. station at the top end of Hillborough. L- literally,
0: as you get to the top uh, of Lou Boet Avenue, I and mean, you kind of turn on your way to Witz That's there. That's right, it's right there.
1: All worth pulling out a camera taking a shot and recording it Uh, there's a very good fire station too in Brixton and in Rosebank there's a heritage fire station Uh, it's now recently changed in that they have erected a High skyscraper behind it But they have preserved the frontage That was an important fight That's an example of heritage activism Ah, oh, another one is the Fairview Fire station with its Tall lookout tower over The Troyville Valley hmm. And a ridge Right, So it's from the other side as we look Out of this window We're seeing the other Side the, of the ridge, r- yeah. typical Ridges, the next One Along or two along would be the Fairview, and uh, that was an important, uh, very important point.
0: No, uh, we, we, and it's still being have, preserved. Who would have known? I mean, the the one the, the fire station is not the one in the one in Hillborough that you were talking about. It's not even just a heritage one. It still operates as a fire station, uh, as do a number the Rosebank one. Uh, a number they of them
1: all do. they mm. uh, these are not not the oval one, but. Uh, Fire and preventing fire was a very, very early need in a city. Mm. Uh, and we still see it, of course, happening. We had that tragic occurrence of Cape York House burning down recently. Right. Yes. That's a newer building, but equally your firemen, they're my heroes <laughs> in the city for the work that they do. Do you know that we have a special memorial to firemen who have lost their lives in in the course of duty in the old Bromfontein Cemetery. Wow. So okay. Johannesburg has appreciated its firemen. We hold them dear. Oh,
0: there you go. And if you have any more questions, please SMS us, 34519. Email us on dot com. Tweet us at at You can even WhatsApp us, 0621482374, taking all your heritage-related questions. Queries on this Heritage Day Now Kathy uh, One way that you can sort of get involved In heritage is by actually Learning about it, understanding it Going for walks and all these sorts of things and, and with it being Heritage Month and Heritage Day You guys are actually doing a, a, a bunch Of these uh, next weekend
1: Yes um, It's really um, Unfortunate that, the, that it coincides With Yom Kippur on the Saturday, but our Heritage Weekend happens over two days, ah, okay. Saturday and so the Sunday. Is and, available. The Sunday. Mm, okay. and it's all happening at the Holy Family Convent uh, College, the old Parktown Convent on Oxford Road and third opposite the synagogue. And it's um, an amazing opportunity to participate in tours, lectures and walking tours. Um, film screenings we encourage people to look at particular views we have our expert tour guards show there, Johannesburg. Uh, we have uh, a couple of buses, so we're conveying people in buses to important points. And so, we, talk to
0: us about some of the tours that people can do. What are the kind of topics that you're going to be covering?
1: Well, we take a look, for example, at um, the Baker tradition. We're looking, in other words, which were the houses and properties Baker was responsible for.
0: So, sorry, people we, may not know architecture. Who is Herbert Baker?
1: Oh, uh, Herbert Baker was the a British architect who came to South Africa, uh, who was Rhodes' architect. He developed a certain style that is uniquely his, that blended the use of natural local materials in stones with a certain colonial uh, tradition. And, and he his, was responsible for things churches. all over the
0: empire, I mean India. Uh,
1: he worked with Lutchen's. of course the other figure was Lutchens, who was the architect Baker had hoped to get the commission. Lutyens, though, got the commission to do the Johannesburg Art Gallery. Oh, wow. Um, And that was uh, 1911, opened in 1915. Uh, The uh, baker and Lutyens worked together. Ultimately, they fell out over their work in India. Um, But they did have, um, at times, something of an uneasy but fairly close professional friendship combined with mm, a standoffish relationship, a competitive relationship. Um, but yes um, Baker is just one of the experiences we'll we'll be taking people on a walking tour through Kalani um, because Kalani was the product of another Jewish gentleman Isidore Schlesinger and uh, his own home was Whitehall Court Hmm. today it is a wonderful block of uh, apartments an apartment block very gracious Um, we offer people a Walking tour of the wilds. We're taking people on a house tour of Northwoods, which was the uh, Dale Lace home and then became the Albu home. That has been very well uh, preserved. Um, we're taking people on a walking tour of the Rand Club down on Loveday Street. That was the third Rand Club dating from 1905.
0: And pe- we, people have like parties there these days. These and days functions. they do.
1: I myself will be offering a tour of The View, which okay. was Thomas Cullinan's home at the top of the ridge facing uh, the... Um, education campus of Witz and that uh, property is now the home of the Transvaal Scottish. It featured in the book Hidden Joburg, recent beautiful book that was produced by Prost and Duncan. The f- uh, the fly leaf, the end papers of the book show the wallpaper of the view, for example, <laughs> beautifully restored in Johannesburg heritage, backed that restoration. We were intimately involved in that occasion. I'll also be doing myself a lecture on the subject of Johannesburg's shift in landscape. What survived from the past? What's there at present? Where will we go in the future? What are the kind of challenges? So we have a very full program.
0: People do need to book. Okay, so we're going to get to all those details. Uh, We're going to take a short break, and we'll come back, and we'll talk about how you can book, what other ways that you can uh, engage in heritage. Absolutely fascinating. We've barely even touched sides in terms of the city. Uh, So we'll be back just after this. A frequency like no other. 101.9 FM. Been chatting to Kathy Munro today on the new Blue Review with me, Benji Schulman, uh, talking about heritage, talking about what is our heritage in Johannesburg, and uh, you know what, what can we, what can we do to participate? they having a whole series of walks and talks. Uh, where can people book and find out more, Kathy?
1: Yes, our bookings can go straight through to ARA. I can give a phone number: zero one one four eight two three. Three four nine, Or mail at ZA Or get the full program from our website, www.joebergheritage.org.za I'll repeat our phone number, 11 Four nine, and I will be back in the office tomorrow morning to take bookings. It's important our bus has a capacity of 60 people, sure. so people do need to, to, to book, yeah, and there work. is a, a charge. But the more tours you book for, the lower the, the, the average charge. price. So, ah, okay. um, we are it is a fundraising occasion. We then do spend uh, the funds raised on. Entirely on Johannesburg heritage Heritage. and the restoration. For example, we've just restored some stained glass windows, uh, in Bactet, uh, in the Lutheran Church, the German Lutheran Church in Hmm. That's an example of the kind of work. Or, as I've just mentioned to you, The View was another one. Another one is a children's home um, and the Guild Cottage.
0: And, of course, something that you guys do a lot of are these uh, blue signs, as you mentioned. Uh, People – you have the blue signs talking about heritage uh, uh, spots. Yes. Uh, where if, Do you have like a map where people can see all the heritage? Uh, again,
1: funds? it's on a web, the website and okay. we have references and connect there with uh, the Heritage Portal. This is James Ball's location. I work closely with him. Um, we are keen to see blue uh, plaques go up. Particularly in areas that have previously been neglected, um, in um, Soweto, there's a history there, hmm. and it's important to to say yes, this is also an important part of Johannesburg. And so we have had a drive to make sure that a blue plaques go up in Vilakazi Street, for example. Uh, but blue plaques can go all in everywhere. We have some competition for where we would like to put our blue, amongst ourselves, that is, to where we would like to, because there are more places than we possibly have funds for for getting up all of these blue
0: plaques. Yeah, absolutely. And, and people can see all of that on your website, www. Dot is that correct? that's
1: right that's right we've shifted our our website it used to be a co.za but you can still find it
0: okay well there you go uh fascinating stuff uh tours all over the place go check out the website uh joebergheritage.org.za you can check out the events they've got resources there uh you can hell maybe you've got a house or a tree or a Wall or something uh, that uh, that uh, you could put in, and uh, lots of interesting interesting stuff. Kathy Munro from the Joburg Heritage Foundation. Thank you so much for coming in on Heritage Day to talk to us about Joburg's amazing heritage. It's been a pleasure. Well, there we Thank go. You. That brings us to the end of the show for today. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for, uh, to everyone who helped produce the show, to uh, Kathy for coming in, to Mandy, for Craig who pushes all the big red buttons uh, on the show. And uh, I'll see you next week on the new Blue Review.